there's no point, there's no reason to do any, anything. It's kind of six at, at, at an initial glance to kind of ask the question, why bother? Why, why put in so much effort? The book seems to ask why we should put in so much work if it will not make a difference at the end. However, I believe that Ecclesiastes is a book that educates us or informs us that life under the sun is about higher things. It tells us how life is not all about what makes us excited or how life is not about what makes us feel good or accomplished, especially in a very short time. So he says that life is like a smoke. It's here today. Whatever is making you excited now is here today, and tomorrow it's, it, it's gone. But before we, 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 we go into uh, the word for today, let's, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this privilege to speak to your people this morning. We just pray for your grace. We pray that, Father, you just speak your word as you would have it this morning. We pray that, above all, do only that which you can do. And at the end of the day, we'll live here blessed because you are here in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, for the self the series last week and introduced us to the book of Ecclesiastes, which I'm sure most of us were here, and for those of us who were not here, we were able to catch up on the either on iTunes or on the other, which I've forgotten, on the other platform. So the book of Ecclesiastes, as Pastor said last week, is one of the wisdom books in the Bible. The author is not clearly known. People say it's Solomon. Others say it's one guy who, who was describing the life of, 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 of Solomon. And... Pastor Seth gave us uh, evidence of why people think it's actually the life of Solomon, or, or Solomon was the one who wrote Ecclesiastes from Ecclesiastes 1, verse 1. And it reads, the words of the teacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem. Other scholars argue that because of the use of the word teacher and because Solomon was not a teacher per se, it was written by someone who probably was working in the palace or around the, the, the palace. That notwithstanding, it does not take away the fact that Ecclesiastes is about the life of King Solomon. King Solomon, as we know, was the son of David. He was the direct son of, of, of King, King David. And he, the whole book of Ecclesiastes tells us how he decided to understand what life is all about. Why is life the way it is? And why should man do anything different if it's not going to give us a, a different ending? One question that most people might ask is, why should someone like King Solomon undertake this kind of uh, experiment, as I call it. 
I believe that King Solomon was, and probably is, the, in my opinion though, is the only qualified man who could have actually undertaken this experiment. And, the, uh, and, and, and someone would ask why. And I'll, and I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you some, some, uh, some, some reasons. So unlike his father, King David, Solomon did not have any wars to worry about. So he, 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 he did not fight any battle. As we see in 1 Kings chapter 5, verse 4. It says, but now the Lord God, this is King Solomon himself speaking. Now the Lord God, the Lord my God has given me rest on every side. And there is no adversary or disaster. The second point, he was the wisest man alive. And one of the richest men alive. I think probably he was the richest. Because the Bible talks about how he had 60 course meal a day. So he was, I mean, I, I, I'm thinking that 60 course meal a, a day can probably feed like all of us like for the day. So he was quite a rich man. He was a rich, wise king. Something that normally doesn't really go hand in hand. Rich and, 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 and a wise king. He was the hottest tourist attracting destination for wisdom. The Bible talks about uh, in First Kings chapter four, verse thirty-four, that people came from all over the world to listen to his wisdom, to hear what he had to say. So, if 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 you you had somewhere to go, if you had holiday plans planned for in that time, you would add visits to King Solomon. Because he was rich, he was a man of wisdom. You would have, uh, you have so much food to eat as well. He was one of the greatest musicians with over 1,500 songs to his name, as we see in First Kings chapter 4, verse 32. So he was a big musician. In our time, he'll be winning the Grammys, British Got Talent, America Got Talent. I don't, I don't know the one in New Zealand. Something Got Talent. So he will be on the billboards of our time. He will be on the top. 1, 000, I don't know of any musician who has 1,500 songs, over 1,500 songs accredited to him. So this guy was really like the guy. He was a, a scientist on top of all these things. He was a scientist who spoke about plants and animals. So before anyone could think of how plants and animals think and behave, King Solomon in 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 33, had kind of given an introduction to how to study animals and understand animals and how they feel and all that. So in a nutshell, Solomon lived the life that most of us would probably would want to, or, or most of us dream of, the life where we can say it's the perfect life, where he's rich, he's wise, he's... He's everything. So everything that a human being in a human form would need, King Solomon had. So then it makes him qualified to ask the question, why bother? Why make any changes? Why do anything if it would end up the same? 
So King Solomon in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 1 to 14, it's quite a long, uh, a long passage which I'll be reading. Ecclesiastes chapter 1, 2, verse 1 to 14 says, I said to myself, come now, I will test you with pleasure to find out what is good. But that also proved to be meaningless. Laughter, I said, is madness. And what does pleasure accomplish? I tried cheering myself with wine and embracing folly, my mind still guiding me with wisdom. I wanted to see what was good for people to do under the heavens during the few days of their lives. I undertook great projects. I built houses for myself and planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks and planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made reservoirs to water groves of flourishing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had other slaves who were born in my house. I also owned more heads and flocks than any one in Jerusalem before me. I amassed silver and gold for myself and the treasure of kings and provinces. I acquired male and female singers and a harem as well, the delight of a man's heart. I became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me. In all this, my wisdom stayed with me. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor, and this was the reward for all my toil. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, Everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. Then I turned my thoughts to consider wisdom and also madness and folly. What more can the king's successor do than what has already been done? I saw that wisdom is better than folly, just as light is better than darkness. The wise have eyes in their heads, while the fool walks in the darkness, but I came to realize that the same fate overtakes them both. So you see a king who has probably done everything that human beings in our own strength can do. So he's seen all the pleasures, he's seen all the enjoyment, he had musicians, he had all those things. But then he keeps saying that it is meaningless. He even says that, well, you can decide to be wise, you can decide to be a fool, and at the end of the day, the same outcome or the same death happens to both the fool and the wise. And no one can actually tell what will happen when, uh, after you are dead. What I find interesting is, is the fact that he did not debate the fact that it gave him joy. At the moment, he, he, he said, I had pleasure. It means he actually enjoyed what he was doing. But then he said, it's all smoke. Smoke, as, as you see, is, it's there. You can see it. But after a few seconds, it's gone. So basically what Solomon is trying to tell us is that these things, these things that most of us, we probably do a lot for, they are like smoke. Today they are there, 
and tomorrow they are gone. It is not the type of satisfaction that is long lasting. It might agree with your uh, with, with, with what you are doing at a particular time. But what I believe is that most of these things are not things that agree with our body, soul, and our spirit. As human beings, we are body, soul, and spirit. And some things might give pleasure to your body, but then it ignores your spirit. The, 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 the other question which we, we, we asked earlier was, why would someone like King Solomon want to experiment this uh, with something like this? We, we find the answer in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And it reads, Then the Lord formed God, so, sorry, the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostril the breath of life. And man became a living being. So, we are asking, why is Solomon interested in finding the meaning of life? Why is he looking for something greater than life? Why is he interested in saying, what is the point? And, and we go back to Genesis 2, 7. God deposited his DNA in man when he breathed into man. He gave man, he created a connection between himself and, and man. So man, irrespective of who we are or what we achieve in life. There's this longing for that connection. There's this test. That's why you see people belong to different sects of religions. People want to do something. People want to pour libation in my country, like people pour libation, people do this. Because man is always, at the end of it all, man is looking for that connection back to the source. There is a source. It's like uh, electricity when you charge your phone. After a day after two days, your phone will be yearning to be charged again because there's a source that provides power to, to the, the, the phone. And the same for, for, for all of us. There's always a source who is, who is God in, in this case. For Christians, Christ restores the connection through the cross. He came to die so that we might have life and have it abundantly. So the, that, that relationship between ourselves and God is, 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 is restored through the death of, of, of Christ. And that is exactly what Solomon is asking about because he realized that material things and the things he had, the wisdom and even all the gold and all the pleasures he had were short-lived. He was looking for something greater than that. In verse 25 of the same chapter, he gives us our first point for today. That life under the sun is a gift from God. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 25. Solomon says, As this too, I see, is from the hand of God. For without him, we can eat. We can eat. Sorry. This too, I see, is from the hand of God. For without him, who can eat or find enjoyment? So after talking about the fact that he had pleasure, he had all these things, he comes back to say that even all the, all, all the things I'm boasting about, all the things I'm excited about, 
it's only a gift from God, and it is him who gives me the ability to enjoy these things. The Bible says that it is, it is the blessing of God that makes a man's rich and added no sorrow. So it's God who blesses us with the things that we see in life, the things that we go after. He blesses us with them, and he gives us the grace and the ability to enjoy these things that we, 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 we see. Acts chapter 17, verse 28 says that, For in him we live, move, and have our being. So our very, our very existence, why we are here, it's just by his grace, it's just by his hand that we are, we are, we are here. As children of God, life under the sun, irrespective of what we are going through now, is a gift. And a gift that I believe that we should recognize, appreciate, and enjoy. I believe that life is a journey. And just like every journey, if you are going from not sure to CBD, you have bus stops, you have uh, traffic jams, you would have normal traffic, you would have everything. You, you might have to park at some place and buy petrol. You might have to probably get down and wipe your screen. If, if the, it, it has all these things. And I, I, I think for me, growing up as, as, a, as, a, as a young man, I was kind of I wasn't made to believe, but I believed some way, somehow, that life in Christ is all about making merry and it's all nice and beautiful and wonderful. But as much as we are saved, we live in a fallen world. So a world that comes with all the troubles of this world, a world that is not fair, a world that will not give you what you actually deserve, a world that will not give you exactly what you've worked so much for. But then it is part of life. It is part of your journey. Those stops, those traffic jams, they form part of your story. They form part of who God wants you to be. Amen? And mostly we say that, okay, this thing happened to me, or one thing happened to me. I, I, I had a stop in life. I had a, a traffic jam in, in life so that I could encourage someone else. But then, personally, I also feel that even aside the fact that your story becomes en- uh, a testimony to another person, it could also become a testimony even for yourself. There are things that would happen in future that God has taken you through a similar or probably a different thing. You see that God did it for me yesterday. The same God that did it for me last year, the same God that did it for me last month, is the same God that, w- that would do whatever I need him to do now. So our lives, our stories become a testimony for others as well as a testimony for ourselves going forward. Hebrews 13 verse 8 says that, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he did something for you last year, and you went through a problem, and he, you came out, he's able to do the same thing again. The stops and traffic jams of life are the frustrations of life. They are the troubles of life under the sun. 
There are the things in life that take your energy. So last week, Pastor we mentioned that life under the sun takes from you. Life under the sun. Because it's a fallen world, it would always do the thing that it's not supposed to do. But the Bible says in Genesis that when God created the heavens and earth, he saw everything was nice, everything was perfect until man sinned. So because it's a fallen world, it's, as I said, it's not fair, it's not just. It has its own issues. But then we are saved people living under the sun. So as I said, because this world is a fallen world and we live in, in, in it, the environment we live in is kind of based on self, me. What do I get out of this? What will I benefit if I do A and B and C? And consciously or unconsciously, we've forgotten a very important question, which is, why am I here? Why do I have this gift under the sun? Why has God given me this gift? Why am I here and why is the other person not here? Why do I live in this particular circumstance or do I live in this particular area or why do I work in this particular company? I believe that at any point in time, God puts us in places under the sun just to be an impact in that, in that particular environment. So it, it could be your office, it could be your family, it could be your, 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 your what's, it, what's the name? I forgot it. It could be your community. Yes, that's the word. It could be your community. And one thing I find interesting is just two houses away from where we live, I have no idea who stays there. In addition to not having an idea who stays there, I don't really care whether the person is saved, not saved, I've not spoken to them. So I, when, when I was preparing this message, I was like, okay, I'm going to speak against myself, but it's still fine. And I think most of us have the same thing. God has placed us in, in a, a community, in an environment where he's expecting us to make impact. At least smile, smiling to someone, saying hello, hey, how are you? Can I invite you to church? So actually, what this message did to me on Friday, I invited one of my friends to church, but obviously he's not here. But then the, the point is that we have, we have been put under the sun in a particular area, in a, in a, in a particular environment, to be an impact, to, to, to lead people to Christ, to, to introduce people to, to the love, the connection we have with Christ. And I believe that it's, Difficult, but it's doable. It's something that we can, we can, we can, can actually do. So this morning, just take time. Appreciate who you are in Christ. Appreciate where God has put you in your life, in your job, wherever you find yourself. But also make an impact in your environment. Make an impact in your community. Our second point this morning is Fulfillment or satisfaction is found in Christ and our assignment under the sun. King Solomon, as a young man, saw the relationship 
I believe, between him, himself and his, uh, his, his dad and God. So we all know the story of David. He was a very nice guy. He was playing the, the instrument. God said, he's a man after my own heart. So Solomon knew all these things that my, my, my dad had a very wonderful relationship with God and he was a wonderful man. He was able to conquer all these people and all that. So he, 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 he had that idea at the back of his mind. At the same time, David wanted to build a house for the Lord. And the Lord said, no, you have fought so many wars, so your son will, will build. So Solomon building the temple for God was both in honor of God, and at the same time, it also honored his own dad, who did not have the opportunity to, to build the, the uh, house. I would jump here. Okay, so in Kings three, uh, First Kings chapter three, verse nine to fourteen, it talks about how Solomon was given wisdom. So, as as I said earlier, when he was given wisdom, and and God said that because you have not asked for money, you've not asked for long life, you've not asked for any of these things, I would give you in addition to the wisdom that you want from me, I also give you these things so that you are able to rule my people. So the, 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 the contract between God and, and Solomon was the fact that I'm giving you wisdom to be able to rule my people so that you become a king who can actually take my people from the place that I from the place that they are now to the place that I want them to be. So that was the assignment of King Solomon. And for me, I was wondering if God asked me, if after service God came and asked me, what do you want from me? Oh, I've given you a blank check. What do you want? Just say whatever you want. I wonder what I'll, 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 I'll tell God. I don't know what I'll, I'll tell him, but I'm sure it will not be something like wisdom. Probably I'll, I'll, I'll say something very, 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 very silly that God will be like, really? Is this what you, what you actually want? And I'm, and I'm sure it's the same thing for, 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 all of us, for most of us. Some might ask for something which is really nice, something really big, something really just like Solomon. But the important thing I want us to pay attention to is the fact that Solomon's wisdom was meant for a particular thing. It was meant for, it, it, was, it was for an assignment and not necessarily for his personal use. God reminded Solomon after he gave him the wisdom that I've given you wisdom, but then if you would obey me, I'll give you long life. Which literally translates that above the wisdom, I'm looking for a relationship with you. Above the things that I've given you, the wisdom, the, the, the pleasures and all the riches I've given you, I'm looking for something higher than that. I'm looking for a relationship. I'm looking for a connection, just like I, I had with your dad. 
I want to have that same relationship with you. And I think this is something that escaped King Solomon. He enjoyed the riches. He enjoyed all, all these things. But for some reason, he did not realize the fact that it was for a relationship. Jesus says in the in this, this same thing in Matthew chapter 20, uh, 11, verse 28 to 30. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Life under the sun will take from you. Life under the sun will make you weary and tired. But this morning, Jesus is asking, will you let me take the load off your head? Will you allow me to give you rest? We've seen two points. Life is a gift. The fulfillment in life is about Christ, having Christ and achieving your, your assignment or fulfilling your assignment. And the question you might be asking this morning is, what do I do with this information? How do I live this week with this information I have? So I have two application points. First point, know who you are in Christ under the sun. Know that I'm a child of God. So I love this song. It says, uh, I am who you say I, I am. Because we live in a world which tells us so many things. In a fallen world which tells us, oh, you are not good enough. You are, you are not as smart as this person. But then encourage yourself in the Lord. I am, I, I am here because God wants me to, to be here. I'm a child of God. God came in, his, in the form of his son to die for me. So it means I'm really important for, for, for Jesus Christ to have left his throne to come to this earth, to die for me. And not for like all of us, for me in particular. And for you in particular. And for her in particular. And for him in particular. Then it means that you are really special. Special enough that the son of God will die for us. Finally this morning, don't trouble yourself with the checks, the, the checklist under the sun. There are a lot of checklists. Oh, I did this. I did not do this. I did that. I did not do this. Oh, I fasted this week. I, I could not fast. I prayed maybe just one minute, two minutes, five minutes. Our Father in heaven is looking for a relationship with us. The checklist might help, but it's not the same as the connection we have with God. So personally, I don't agree with people saying that Christianity is a religion. No, it's, it's, it's a relationship between a father and a child. God is looking for a relationship and taking off the checklist and, and not taking off the checklist. Fulfillment under the sun 
begins with a relationship with God. This is something that I struggle to do. But whilst preparing this, this message, I, I just felt that God is asking us, if you are here this morning and you feel you do not have the relationship, you don't have that connection with God. You say, I don't feel that God is here with me. On Monday morning, I don't feel God in the bus with me. On Monday morning, I don't feel God in, in my car driving with me. I believe this is a wonderful opportunity to just connect back to God. This is a call from God. says, I'm here. Life under the sun will take from you, but with me on your side, you will be fine. Let's pray this morning. And if you just want to connect back to God, it's a wonderful time to do that this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is true and your word is amen. We thank you that your word always comes with an assignment. So, Father, we just come back to you that we know that life under the sun can be a bit difficult. But this morning you are calling us to come back to you, lay all the burdens, lay all the troubles on you. And you are just willing to accept us just as we are and to work with us. So we just thank you for this opportunity. We just pray for, for, for as many as seek this connection that you will give them the courage and the, and the ability to just connect back to you. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. God bless you.